Up until this point, this podcast has given you an array of foundational and general communication and connection strategies to use with your kiddo. Today, I'm beginning a deeper dive into helping you develop the skills you need to teach your child speech, speech sounds, and how to talk. So if that is a struggle for you or anyone you know, listen in. And today will be step one. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get kids to listen better and build strong family connection, feel confident in managing difficult behaviors, and to help your children build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so you can become the parent you want to be. Courtney left a review. She writes, thankful for this resource and gives it five stars. As a new mom myself, navigating speech, conversation with a heart to truly connect with my daughter, this podcast is a great resource for me. I love her tips with raising kids that listen. This is from Courtney and the Waiting Well podcast. Hello, friends. Today we're going to begin a new series. This series is going to focus particularly on how it is that we develop speech sounds in our children. Now, up until this point, We've talked a lot about connection and communication, how you can develop it, and also listening to success stories. But many of you are wondering, so yeah, how do I teach my kids to say the S sound or the R sound or the L or whatever it is? Now we're going to begin with specific sounds. When our children are learning to speak, it is a big challenge. It is not an easy task for all children. And my guess is, if you are listening here, it hasn't been an easy task for your child to learn to speak and to communicate. That is not uncommon. For many kids, it's hard. And when we're teaching our children skills that are hard, we need to have strategies that help them to be brave and courageous to try things that are hard, which is why I put out the foundational strategies first. When we build connection with our children, we build the trust in them to be able to do the hard things, to keep coming to the table and trying again, because we don't want to create shutdown. So what if your child is already at shutdown? We will address this too. Because for some kids, especially when you have some of the big boy diagnoses that go with speech like apraxia or 
autism, Down syndrome, dysarthria, any of these more challenging diagnoses, we have to remember to build in courage in the hearts of our children. And that's what the foundational strategies do. So if you are noticing that your child is struggling with courage, they have shut down, they don't really want to try to speak, maybe they're putting their hands in front of their mouth, they're looking down or they're looking away. Maybe they're putting their hands in their mouth. If any of those kind of signs are happening, I encourage you to go back to episode one and two and listen to what is play and what is the language of play. And in fact, I guess I should probably go listen to that too because I recorded those as my first and second episode. I was nervous when I first started. So anyway, I hope that they're still good. I will go back and listen sometime here too. But go learn from those about how we can change the way that we speak to our children, which opens them up, which helps them to become more courageous. And notice the other episodes that I have in the show notes on ways that we can teach the skills and to reconnect. Now, today we're going to actually dig into where we begin when we want to develop speech itself. And that is actually very fun to do with your kids if you create fun in it. And because we're working with children, I want always for you to remember to have fun in it. So you will notice as we go through celebration and the things that you've heard already in my episodes about the one second celebration. It is sprinkled all throughout so that we can help our kids know exactly where the target is and what it is that we're trying to teach them. You will notice that I've broken it into small bits. You will notice that I've broken it into finding out what the child is able to do somewhat and adding to it so we can find what success the child has. So where do we begin? Well, I am going to begin by reminding you that as a speech pathologist, I have worked with many, many parents. And when you're listening, if you're thinking, this is exactly what I need, I am so glad. Take it and run. But the majority of parents that I work with, they say, I need more. I need more help. How do I apply it to my child? How do I apply it to this sound or that sound? How do I do it more practically? So if you find as you're listening that that is you, you're in good company. And that's what a one-on-one strategy session for an hour is for. And if you would like to do that, you can email me at hello at the language of and I would be happy to help you through getting on your feet and knowing exactly how to choose which sound to work on and then how do you work on it. So with that as a backdrop, let's start today's episode. Step one is what I call look, listen, and copy. When our children come to us in the speech therapy settings, and when I have a parent that comes to me and wants to know how it is that they can help their children at home, the first thing that I help parents understand is the concept of look, listen, and copy. Now let's tease apart what all those things are 
And in the show notes, I will have multiple episodes today, more than I've ever had before, to be able to help you understand what these three things, the look, the listen, and the copy, really entail. Now, when we tell our children to look, what we are actually wanting is their attention. We are wanting them to focus their attention in on us at that very moment, and that requires a skill of attention, and then to be able to make eye contact with me or have their eyes contact my mouth if I'm wanting them to look at my mouth, which is so often the case when we're teaching speech. We are directing our children's attention directing their eyes towards our mouth so that they can look at how it is that we produce the sound, how it is that we move our tongue, our lips, and our teeth to be able to create a sound. This requires that they have the visual perception to be able to see, to be able to understand what they're seeing, and then it also requires them to have a focus that is sustained long enough while they're paying attention to process what it is that they see. Many times when we're teaching sounds, our sounds have a component of vision to them. So for example, if I was going to teach somebody the F sound, so then I would show them how my, fr- my top teeth bite my bottom lip, and I would show them how air blows through my teeth. And I would direct their attention towards my mouth. Now, let's say your child has, you know, like an attention where their eyes are flitting left and they're flitting right. And you're not exactly sure how do I get them to look right at my mouth. One of the big strategies that I have used for years in my classroom was to take a piece of construction paper, like a large size piece of basic art construction paper, and I would roll it into a tube, and then the the short way, not a long skinny tube, but a bigger fatter tube, so that I can look in one side of the tube, and that tube fits all the way around the face of my child. And so I would put it on my student's face, and the only direction then that he can look is at what is at the other side of that tube. It's a way to put blinders on him. It's a way to highlight exactly the area where I want him to look. And then when he does look in that tube, because I have put it right against his face gently, then he looks right at my face because I'm at the other side of that tube. Kids tend to think that it's fun. And the reason I like to use construction paper is because the kiddos won't get hurt and sometimes they want to play with it and then they wreck it and that's okay because I've got more construction paper and I can just make another tube. Pro tip here, use black paper. It causes the kiddos to filter out everything except for what it is that they see. When you use a light colored paper, their eyes still look at the paper. But when you use black paper, they don't seem to pay any attention to the darkness. Rather, they look through the tube at what is lit on the other side, which is your face. So there is pro tip number one. Just find a way to help your children focus their eyes right at you if looking is a problem. We also teach our kids to reference by pointing to our mouth, by, by pointing to exactly what it is that we want them to see. Now another part of looking, if this is hard for your kiddos, 
then back up from there. And you're going to be practicing with other things in the environment, such as referencing a bird, referencing the ants on the ground, referencing a car. By referencing, I mean say what I'm looking at, use a gesture that points to the thing that I'm looking at, helping your child to also turn their head and look at the thing that you are noticing. That's called referencing. I am helping them look at what it is. I'm talking about something else with a gesture and my words. Some of you that are dealing with kiddos with autism, you might know this skill as called joint attention. So that all falls under look. And any of those skills might be what you need to work on in order to help your child be able to get the visual information from looking at you. Now let's move to the second part of this. It's listen. Listen has components in it too. All of these have lots of skills. So when we expect our children to look, listen, and copy, it's not as easy for some kids as we think it is as adults. You went through all this process too, but maybe it wasn't hard for you. And maybe it was. I don't know. So let's think about listen. What does good listening require? Well, first and most basic is do they have what we call auditory acuity? That means how well can they actually hear? Do their ears work right or do they need amplification? Can they hear adequately? And that would be something you go to an audiologist to check. Um, the next thing we would talk about is perception of silence. Does your child notice changes in sounds around them? So like if they go outside and it's nighttime, do they notice it's quiet and the crickets are calling? Do they notice when a car passes by on the road? Um, do they notice, you know, the changes in sounds? Maybe your furnace kicks on in your house or the refrigerator drops some ice. Do they notice things? Like when the car is gone and it became silent, when the furnace kicks off and quiet resumes. After the ice drops, there's quiet again. And if they don't, your step in listen is to start helping them notice the sounds that are happening around them. So the next thing is let's move it into actual speech sounds now. Can they tell differences in sounds? So like B, M, and P, B, M, P, especially B and P, B, P, they sound very similar. F and V, V, F, they sound very similar. Some kids struggle with telling the difference between F and S, F, S, and how about F, S, and T, H, F, S, F. Those sounds are really similar. Can your child hear the differences in those sounds? Now, you probably don't know because you have never thought to check it. So here's one way that you can practice and play with it. We have like our mother goose rhyming sounds and games that we play. All of that helps our children to be able to notice sound changes. So to play with sounds or to have them um, 
tell you what it is that they heard on a piano. And maybe you're going to, if you have a piano, for example, in your house, do a pitch with mm, and then do a different pitch with ah. Just play with it. Not just see if they can do it, but rather play with it. Make it into something that is like super enjoyable to do. Another thing you can do is when you come up to a word that has sounds that are mixed up for your child, to play with nonsense words, just like Dr. Seuss and Mother Goose. Play with and create nonsense words using the sounds that you hear that they are uncertain about. So when they mess up F, S, and TH, then maybe you're going to say um, to sit, and then you're going to say fit, and then you're going to say fit, and giggle. Just play. No requirements beyond that. Because really what we're doing is building awareness. These are precursors to be able to help your child learn how to look, listen, and copy. And right now we're focused on some of the skill set that is in the listen component. Now let's think about copying. What skills do your kids need to be able to copy? Well, now we need to process the information that we just talked about and integrate that with the motor coordination. That means like your tongue is a muscle and you've got your teeth and you've got your airflow. You've got your voice that you turn on and off. And you need to be able to move all of those parts in a way that produces the sounds that you want to produce. So kiddos need to have the motor coordination, that means being able to move all those muscles, whether we're talking about ribs and lungs, in coordination with a voice going on and off, in coordination with the tongue moving. This sounds so complex, and it is, and yet you're doing it, and so you learned it. The human brain is a fantastic, amazing organ, and you know we have different strengths in different areas. So if your kiddo is having a hard time with this, the extra practice in motor coordination would look like licking an ice cream cone, practicing licking their lips, practicing blowing bubbles, all of the different coordination kind of things. Play with rhythm, play with song. All of these things help with coordination of airflow and what we call phonation. That means turning your voice on and off. And then the muscle of the tongue to move that around in the right way. They need to be able to also integrate that with what it is that they saw when they were looking so that they can copy what it is that you have done. Now, parents, don't be discouraged. I just really wanted to break this apart for you so you realize that there are many areas that when your kiddo is learning to speak and they're struggling to learn to speak, there's many areas that can break down. And if we can figure out which area it breaks down, then we can give more practice in that area. Now you know which areas to look at. And when you find which area to look at, that's where you play. That's where you give them a little bit to do. 
If listening is a struggle, go outside and see if you can figure out what birds you're hearing. If looking is a struggle, you're going to reference, you're going to make a tube for them to look at, look through, excuse me. And if copying is a problem, you will practice some of the motor skills. And if the coordination of all of those things together, like integrating it, is the problem, you're just going to be practicing um, more and more. Look what I'm doing. Good job. Now, what I want to say is that while you're doing this with your kiddos, you are celebrating their effort, not the outcome. You celebrate their cooperation, not if they do it right. You're celebrating that they had the courage to try, that they're being brave, and that they're happy while they're doing it with you. So that the whole process is fun. So the whole process is encouraging and empowering to them. That they're not feeling judged by whether or not they did it, but by whether or not they cooperate with you in the happy effort. That means you need to let go of the fears. The fears of, oh no, it was hard for them. Because they'll get it. Yes, it's hard for them. So we do it more. But they will get it. They can get it. And I'm here to help you know how. So if this was enough for you to be able to just do it, fantastic. And if you're thinking, I need a little bit more help, this is exactly why you would communicate with me to see what it is that you need to be able to do with your kiddo. Contact me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com and I will set up that time with you. So I hope this was amazingly helpful for you to have the courage and to know exactly where to start, which is to teach your child how to look, how to listen, and how to copy. Come back next time and we will dig in a little more in this deep dive of how it is that we teach speech sounds to our children. Remember, moms and dads, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in ways their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. At